0: I want to welcome you to another episode of The Darren Sargent Show. This is your host, Darren Sargent. That's me. And this is the podcast where you get life advice from a single-handed perspective. Today is your lucky day. Why do you say that? Well, today is something we are calling Teaching Tuesday. You may have listened to the podcast most recent podcast where I introduced this. I am going to uh, just take some principles, things that I've discovered, leadership lessons, life principles, whatever. We may even walk through a book together, but it is going to be a teaching Tuesday. We won't do this every week, but every once in a while, I'll just pull out a lesson that I've prepared, something that maybe I have taught to others and I'll unpack it for us on the podcast. And today, we're going to be talking about destiny. I think you're going to enjoy this lesson on this brand new Teaching Tuesday, right here on the Darren Sargent Show. Thanks for joining. Let's get started. One of my favorite scriptures And those that are a frequent listener to the Darren Sargent show know what I am about ready to say. It's Psalm 139, verse number 14. I'm going to read it from a little different translation, paraphrase here. It says, Oh, yes, you shaped me first inside, then out. You formed me in my mother's womb. I thank you, high God. You are breathtaking. Body and soul, I am marvelously made. I worship in adoration, what a creation. You know me inside and out, you know every bone in my body, you know exactly how I was made bit by bit, how I was sculpted from nothing into something. Like an open book, you watched me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life were spread out before you. The days of my life all prepared before I'd even lived one day. That holds my favorite scripture that, in the King James Version, says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Here it says, body and soul, I am marvelously made. It's a paraphrase of Psalm 139, 14. There has never been, there will never be anybody quite like you. But that isn't really a testament to you. It's a testament to the God who created you. You and I are unlike anyone who has ever lived before or after us. But that uniqueness isn't necessarily a virtue. It's a responsibility. Uniqueness, being unique, is God's gift to you. And I believe vice versa. Our uniqueness is our gift back to God. I owe it to myself to just be myself. And I can say the same about you. You owe it to yourself to be yourself. But more important than that, I believe that you owe it to the one who designed you and destined you to become. Now, don't leave this podcast thinking that we are introducing something that's just a quick self-help series and we can all feel good about ourselves and feel warm and fuzzy and go on. But self-help, in my opinion, I read this one place that said self-help is nothing more than idolatry, idolatry dressed up in a rental tuxedo thought that was good so i want to be very clear from the beginning of this brand new teaching tuesday i'm not gifted or good enough to get where god wants me to go you say well that that that's not very positive well let me add this not without his help there is nothing that god cannot do in me in you And through you or I, if we simply yield our lives over to him, everything we are, not just a little bit, but all of us in this podcast today, it's really, let me, let me put it this way, trying to get the right words out. So you'll understand this will be about you, but it's not about you. Does that make sense? This will be about me, but it's not about me because the fact that there the fact is that there's never been and never will be anybody like you and that simply means that no one can do what you can do with your life and for God no one can worship God like you do no one could create like you can create you were fastened in the you were fashioned and formed in the divine Providence of God to worship God in in a way that nobody else can. How do you worship God in a way that no one else can? Well, it's simple. You live a life that no one else can live. You live your life because you have a unique destiny to fulfill and no one can ever take your place. You play such an incredible role in God's grand narrative. I, I sent something out the other day. I said, don't let anybody control the narrative. Don't let anybody control the narrative of your life. Don't let anybody control the narrative. I'm having have a little issue with my microphone cable. i got to get that fixed. No one can ever control the narrative of your life. God can write a better story than anybody else. You play an irreplaceable role in the grand narrative of God's history. But fulfilling your true destiny starts with discovering your true identity. And that's where the challenge lies. Because I'm afraid that most of us live our entire lives as strangers to ourselves. We know more about people on the tabloids than we know about ourselves. We know about our, more about our friends than we know about ourselves. We, we've got everybody's life figured out by flipping through Instagram profiles. Our true identities get buried underneath the mistakes we've made, the insecurities we've acquired, the lies we've believed that have been told about us or told to us. You know, sometimes I think we're held captive by other people's opinions and expectations. I refuse to live my life governed by someone else's opinion. Some people are so uncomfortable in their own skin. And they spend way too much time, way too much emotional, relational, and spiritual energy trying to be somebody that they're not. And why is that? It's easier. It's safer. I can I can just dumb my life down. I can just be that person over there. It's a lot easier than trying to be myself and deal with the things that I've got to deal with. But here, but but listen to me just a little bit today. Trying to be who we are not, that amounts to forfeiting your spiritual birthright. It's not just that you're lying to yourself. Somewhere along the way, I think we lose ourselves. Now, I'm not sure where you are in your journey of of discovering who you are and all that. Maybe you're, you're on the front end trying to figure out who you are. Maybe you're on the back end trying to remember who you were created to be. Or maybe you're somewhere in between trying to close the gap between who you are and who you want to be. No matter where you may be, I want you to experience the joy of figuring out who you are and the freedom of discovering who you're not and who you don't need to be. Now, it's not going to be easy. There's no shortcuts in life. But if you're breathing, if you're alive, if your pulse is, if your heart is beating right now, if you got a pulse, God's not giving up on you yet. So don't give up on yourself and just, just let this promise soak deep down into your heart, your mind, your soul, your spirit, because I believe it'll give you life. It'll keep you interested in what we we will be discussing for the next few moments. It's never too late to be the you that you were meant to be. Now, a couple of years ago, my wife and I went on a trip over to Israel with uh several different minister friends, and it was a tremendous trip. And one of the things that just stood out to me is how everything is built on foundations of yesterday. If you go to the Temple Mount, we took a tour underneath the temple, and there, down below there was stones that were laid from Solomon's temple. And they were underground, 60, 70 feet. You couldn't see them if you were just standing up on the Temple Mount. But over time, they had built on top of these. When one would crumble, they would clear it and build something else on top. But self-discovery is a lot like that. It's like an archaeological dig. It takes a long time sometimes to uncover treasures that may lie buried beneath the surface of our lives. You and I can never be certain of what we'll find and where we will find it. And it's painstaking. It's a painstaking process. It's not easy. But if you don't dig deep, all you're going to have is a superficial life. I make a statement all the time. You've heard me say it. You'll never make an impact until you're committed to the collision. At some point, you've got to face yourself. You've got to face life. You've got to face where you're at. You can't go through life living in a superficial world. If you live as a stranger to yourself, you're never going to have any relationship with anybody. Oh, it'll be surface. But you'll never have intimacy with anybody else. You'll never have a relationship with anybody else. I've discovered something that true relationship, true intimacy is a function of self-discovery. It's hard to truly get to know others if I don't even know myself. And beyond all the relational ramifications, there's, there's even occupational ramifications and implications. If you haven't discovered who you are and what you're good at and your unique gifts and your unique passions and talents and abilities, how are you ever going to find fulfillment in what you do? You might make a living, but you won't make a life. I heard somebody the other day make a statement, and they said, you know, a career is what we pay for, a calling is what we're made for. That's powerful, and I may unpack that in future episodes here, but it's so true. I don't want to just make a living. I want to make a life. I will, you will never experience the joy of doing what we truly love to do if we don't find out what God has created us for. Now, I think sometimes uh, superficiality, Superficial, supercalifragilistic, XBL. Do you remember that? No, I'm not saying that. But superficial people are people that really have lived a life of hypocrisy. Now, what do you mean by that, Darren? Well, if you fail to discover the truth about who you are, aren't you really just lying to yourself? Isn't your life just becoming like A half-truth. I remember in high school, high school was the time when people were always out there trying to have an image. I grew up in a very small town in in Idaho, in southern Idaho, and there was like 62, 63, 64. I don't remember how many kids in my graduating class. It was a tight-knit group, but there was always this pressure to try to find your image. It was an attempt to fabricate almost a whole second persona for public consumption. It wasn't who you are, but it was something that you tried to be. And it is that second persona that results in a secondhand life. Sorry, I use the word secondhand. But <laughs> instead of narrating our own lives in the first person, we, we lived life in a second person role by allowing other people to narrate, to write our lives for us. That's hypocrisy at its worst because you're not being who you really are. Our lives become lies. We, we not only cheat ourselves and others when we fail to discover who God created us to be and our God-given identities and God-ordained destinies, but I think we also cheat God himself. we just gone through the Halloween season, and I'm afraid too many of us want to live in disguise. A lot of people want to live that way dressed up in a costume, we, we try to present ourselves as we think others think we should be or as we think we were meant to be. We may even present ourselves in ways we think others want us to be superficiality is the curse of this culture that we're living we see it in social media people are posting superficial things that make no difference but it guides and directs their lives and it fuels their identity the many likes they get they think oh man i am somebody look at this and it's superficial that is such a you know the minute somebody comes along with a better post you be forgotten girl Bro, you'd be forgotten the minute someone comes around that's got a better set of tennis shoes than you do. We really don't want to see ourselves for who we are sometimes. And the primary reason is we live as strangers to ourselves. We're afraid of what we might find. We don't want to see ourselves for who God created us to be or the issues that we've got to deal with. But we can dig deeper than our fallen natures. God's grace goes farther than our sin. God's grace goes deeper than your hurts. God's grace goes deeper than your nature that is filled and shapen by sin. The image of God is what you and I were created with. And that's where we find who we really are. That's where we discover our destiny. So we're going to dig around a little bit. We're going to look for clues into our futures by maybe digging into our past. Maybe we can dust off the lies that we believe, the insecurities that we've gathered over life, and really discover who we really are. It'll cost you some pain. There's some discoveries that are not going to make you happy. But hopefully, you'll see some things that you want to see changed and i believe god can do that because he's got too much to give us and too much for us to do and too much for us to fulfill in what he has given us for us to just be superficial and roll over and play dead i want you to never see yourself the same way i'm going to have to i'm going to have to make this a two-parter we're going to have to we're going to have to do a, a teaching tuesday and finish this up because i don't want you to stay in that place that is a cocoon of comfort. I want you to see yourself through the eyes of the God that created you. You know, time may be measured in minutes, but I read this recently. Time may be measured in minutes, but life is measured in moments. And some moments are larger than life. And it's those defining moments that dictate the way that we really see life. Some of them are predictable you know a wedding birth of a child others are unpredictable an accident a car wreck whatever a death of someone but you never know which moment might become a defining moment but when you identify those moments i believe it helps us find the key to identifying who we are recently i was reading something in a uh, in a book that was talking about psychological impact on our life and what it does and how it affects us and it was it was a it was quite a fascinating book can't remember the title right now if I find it I'll, I'll drop it in the show notes but research suggests that one's self-concept is defined by a very small number of experiences 99% of life experiences vanish like vapor in the subconscious only 1% makes it into our conscious memories and less than 1% of that 1% is not just memorable but truly unforgettable. Those are the moments that define us. And managing those moments is really, it's a form of, of stewardship. Everything that you've been through is preparing you for something in your future. And I believe that one way that God redeems the past is by helping you and I to see it through his plan his providence, his eyes, his direction. So we have to look back maybe in some of the things we've been through to see where God wants to take us. You know, when I get up in the morning and I look in the mirror, number one, I kind of scream or tremble. (laughs) But really when I look at myself, it's a reflection of accumulated experiences. And defining moments are like defining features. In a sense, we we are really an aggregation of where we've been, what we've done, who who we have known, the people that we've come in contact with. But there are a few places, there are a few experiences, and there are a few people that leave their imprints in ways that become a part of who we are. I recently uh, spoke at a funeral to a dear later that passed away in our church back in March, and we haven't been able to have uh, her memorial service because of COVID and all the things, and we had it this past Saturday, and I was, I was reminded again of the impact, the imprint that she left on not only my life, but so many other lives. People that live their life with purpose, they leave marks on our lives. Experiences leave marks on our soul. You know, your fingerprint. It identifies you, and nobody else has that same fingerprint, nobody who has ever lived before you, nobody that'll live after you. Your fingerprint is uniquely yours, and I think it's the same with the experiences that we've been through. They are uniquely yours. They mark you. Fingerprints may only be skin deep, but what I think experience does and life does and and friendships, those are are soul deep. Those impact you for eternity. You possess a uniqueness that is unlike anybody else. It's who you are destined to become. You're not just your past. You are a conglomeration. You are a building, if you will, that is made up of material that is structuring you. You possess a uniqueness that is only you. It's not who you are necessarily in the present tense. It's who you are destined to become, future tense. I know why I was born the way that I was born. I've got it figured out. I don't have all the answers, but I know that God designed me this way for a reason. The way that I was born shapes everything about me. It's not just who others see when they look at you from the outside in. It's who God has destined you to become from the inside out. Everything you face in life, your past, your problems, your trials, your hurts, your mistakes, your struggles, your pain, it forms who you are. It marks your identity and true destiny. So while you and I are living our lives forward, I believe God is sometimes working backwards. God always starts with the end in mind. You know, the best example I can give you how he does this, look at the life of David. David said in Psalm 139, 16, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. God ordains all your days, just like he did for David, just like he did for the psalmist. And it's your responsibility to discover that God ordained destiny, just like David did. David's epitaph speaks for itself because it says when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. When he was done doing what God had called him to do, he died. You're still living because you're not finished doing what God's called you to do. David fulfilled his destiny. David served his generation. He had defining moment after defining moment. His life was one illustration of what God can do with somebody that is able to say, God, here I am. Use me. I love what Paul told the Ephesians. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God hath ordained before that we should walk in them. Jesus didn't die just to get you off the hook and forgive your sins. He died to resurrect the person you were destined to be before sin distorted the image of God in you. So I'm challenging you today to recognize your destiny on this Teaching Tuesday. For the last 20 minutes or so, I've been teaching you about who you were created to be. Go out and do it. Thanks for listening on the special edition of the Darren Sargent Show. Teaching Tuesday. Hope you enjoyed it. Go fulfill your destiny. Have an awesome day.